Welcome to Through the Lens of Recovery, the podcast that digs into the issues, stories and triumphs that surround addiction. I'm Annie Murray, founder of Horizon, a not-for-profit filmmaking programme that teaches those in recovery from addiction how to create compelling stories through the medium of film. And I'm Sophie Turton, co-founder of The Joyful, a brand and marketing agency for ethical businesses. So in this episode, we had the pleasure of interviewing Lauren Bernison, creator of We Love Lucid, an alcohol-free travel and experience company. We discussed the difficulty of going on holiday when in recovery, the opportunities for fun, excitement and freedom when you embrace a sober life, and the adventures to be had when you travel. Lauren's passion for life and desire to share how an alcohol-free holiday experience could feel was so inspiring. We can't wait to book ourselves onto a We Love Lucid holiday. But more than that, it reaffirmed what we've long known. Life doesn't stop when you stop drinking. And there are so many new opportunities to find joy, adventure and excitement. Even better when you can do it with like-minded people in beautiful places. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy our interview with Lauren. So welcome, Lauren, founder of We Love Lucid. We are delighted to have you on the show today. Um, And we'd like to know a bit more about um, how you came to launch We Love Lucid. Hi, Annie. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. Um, So how did I uh, found We Love Lucid? How did that come about? Okay, so like many people throughout my 20s and early 30s, I was a real big partier. Um, it, you know, from some people, it could be considered normal, but I would always be the last person to stay at the party, you know, go out on a Friday, come back Sunday, that kind of thing. And this went on throughout my life. And um, I was, you know, there was really no way I could see myself fulfilling my potential in any way in any aspect of my life and it all came to a head when I was living in South Korea uh, in 2015. Wow. Uh, so Korea. I basically traveled to pardon? South Korea. It's just it's so far flung. <laughs> yeah I know whenever I say that people are always like oh all right you just mentioned that so casually but <laughs> yeah yeah so throughout my 20s what I, what I did was travel around the world so I'd save up a little bit of money in Northern Ireland or Scotland wherever I was living and then head off um, I think it's quite uh, telling that I, I used to go to as far away places as possible, for example, South Korea, South Africa, South America, all, you know, yeah, all very far, um, trying to just get away from everything I knew and, and myself, really. But, uh, yeah, so so that was all throughout my 20s, very eventful, lots of stories and lots of mischief. And the last place I went then was South Korea. I went there to work as an English teacher. And um, throughout my 20s, I mentioned I was drinking, but also some recreational drugs. And in South Korea, they don't exist. So, well, they do, but it's not really uh, it's not really that popular. So I'm just, uh, drinking. And so with the drinking, you get these blackouts, which you don't so much with recreational drugs. And that's when I started to realize the seriousness of uh, my issue. You know, blackouts are something scary, especially if you're in a very uh, faraway place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you you know you wake up with no idea what's going on there are times where I wake up and have you know lost my shoes handbag wallet all sorts of things so yeah I got pretty hairy at times and um so yeah one weekend I decided right something needs to change 
Um, this is getting exponentially worse. This is not the life that I see for myself. I could imagine myself in 10 years, you know, hitting up parties like 20 year olds and sitting, you know, at a party and Sunday, everybody's still up like three days ago. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I don't want this. And so I decided to quit drinking in South Korea and I have never looked back. It's the best decision decision in my life and everything good in my life has come from that. Um, so with regards to the company, after Korea, I went on a world trip to some places I'd always really wanted to go to, Mongolia, Siberia, um, yeah, just to name a few. And I came up with a concept of travel for people who, uh, who didn't drink because I realized there was very few things out there for people like myself um, more than anything to connect yeah. with other sober people. And so it just really developed from there. I started off in Spain and tried out a few trips in Spain. I decided to go and live there for a couple of years. Um, and now I'm back in the UK and things are taking off again after COVID. But yeah, the trips are really for, they're group trips for people coming along, usually on their own. We do a bit of adventure. We do a bit of outdoors, loads of foodie stuff, alcohol-free drinks, and just have really a blast. That's amazing. And it's just such a, a mad and varied story with so many different places you've been to, all those experiences, but you, you're now experiencing them sober, which I find fascinating. But also paving the way for other people to be able to safely go traveling is awesome. And I just, yeah. I love what you do. And I'm completely in awe of how you have kept going through the pandemic and now you're ready to to burst again onto the scene yeah um, i'm excited to travel. go to one of your we are coming. Uh, yes <laughs> we are packing our bags yeah. you're already packed totally <laughs> we're already packed um so why does the travel industry need revolutionizing when it comes to alcohol what's that yeah, I was having a little think about this. And I think, Annie, it's definitely, it's it's related to that general movement towards a holistic view of, um, you know, happiness, what it means to be successful in life. You know, many years, even in the 90s or whatever, people would have, you know, slogged away at work and then went home and expected to um, have successful relationships or have you know a good state of mind or healthy bodies people are realizing now that you can't just do yourself in one of those areas and not have it affect another area of your life and of course alcohol comes into that and when people are going out at the weekends binging um you know there's all sorts of knock-on effects to the relationships to how they feel mentally and their body and their work so it's definitely that general movement towards a holistic perspective and i think it's also i call this the, the pendulum effect when there has been such an obsession and such a focus on alcohol whenever it does change it it tends to go full swing and you could apply this to many many areas of life even sober people in general um, and you know it, that's what I think is happening at the minute people are just like right I've had enough of this I want to see what else we can do out there I want to see what else is available and they want to feel better in themselves generally yeah there's definitely that whole thing of like going on holiday and coming back feeling worse than when you left mm -hmm. because you've had a whole two weeks of just drinking every single day and and not having rested at all yeah surely a holiday the purpose of that is to go and relax but people go ah to relax I need a drink 
and it's it's ingrained in us I think as we grow up and it's you you head there and the first thing you do is you pop to the bar and you have a drink by the poolside but that's that's just that's just destined for disaster surely <laughs> it's like yeah no it is and if you think about it you know that whole idea that it has been ingrained you know you can think about it now people go and they you know get a cocktail but does it ever end at just one cocktail no i mean in my personal experience it used to turn into a complete shit show and um, even if you're not an alcoholic or an addict i think the temptation is for most people to have two three four five six cheeky little drinks yeah um, seeing it as not as, not a problem because you're on holiday yeah. and there's no time frame as to when you can start that drink. You start on the plane. Yeah. What's that about? You know, it's it's fascinating stuff. Um, but I mean, what, what does a We Love Lucid typical holiday kind of package include? What what do you offer people? What can they expect? Yeah. So just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea. So we've got one coming up, actually, with a guy called Matt Pink. Have you heard of him? He's a better life guy. Yeah, I'm actually going on a, a boozeless cruise with him in London in April. Oh, you're going on it? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could actually. Yeah, the booze cruise thing. That'll be a that'll be a laugh. A lot of people go into that. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be quite popular in the sober community. Yeah. So, well, just to give you an example, we're heading out to Tarifa, which is the in the south of Spain. It's a cool kind of surfing vibe meets um, Andalusian white wash village little seaport and we're heading out there for five days four nights so people arrive get an airport transfer and um, day one we'll go out for dinner we're actually having that whole free champagne reception um supplied by i don't know if you know the the brand liars and uh yeah people settle into their hotel got a really nice little boutique hotel lined up Next day, we've got uh, a hike with views of Africa. So mm. Tarifa, actually, yeah, it's amazing. You can see you can see houses in Morocco from Tarifa. It's so close. Wow. And, um, yeah, so there's always some kind of uh, free time throughout the day. So people will have some free time in the, the afternoon for maybe a sea dip or maybe, you know, anything they fancy. Um, then we've also got some tapas. Uh, a tapas making experience in this little cooking school so a bit of spanish culture there and paddle boarding that week as well some yoga for people who are interested in meditation and just really relaxing big rating time you know everybody just sounds idyllic like to, to me but what you do do is you offer tastings of alcohol free like drinks like alcohol-free champagne beers spirits um and some people might look at that a little bit Inquisitively, uh, why are you offering ex-addicts or pe- people who want to be sober this pretend alcoholic drink? Yeah. What does that kind of conjure up for you if people quiz that with you? Yeah, I understand that, Annie. And it actually, you know, there's times I've been divided on it um, because for me, I, I do drink these drinks, but there's ones that I don't drink because they are more triggering for me. So I don't right. drink the wines. Yeah, um, yeah, same. I stay away from them, but I do drink the 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 ciders and some other some other things like that. I, I don't drink them all the time, but you know I would. And so I do understand how that can be triggering for people. Well, the reason why I've included them in the trips, um, so these trips aren't only for people who have had maybe issues with alcohol. I really what I want to do is reach out to sober curious people or people that are yeah. maybe grey area drinkers, but maybe thinking about taking a break because there are so many people in that category as well yeah. that you know that's how you, you sort of 
make this movement progress. You, and in the past, I think it has just been these kind of events dedicated to sober people. Yeah. But, you know, I want to create them for a wider audience. And I do understand that it is possibly a little bit triggering for people who choose not to drink those drinks. And um, I would say if you were maybe not stable in your decision to quit alcohol mm. it's probably not the the kind of um, event or the the holiday for you maybe wait a little bit longer this, you don't have it to. embraces every mm-hmm. type of sort of curious to the more serious drinker so I've got the choice as an addict to say no thank you I'm I'm safer over here but you can also say to people who are they want to go on holiday they want to try this sober thing out but they can feel that they've had something that feels a bit alcoholic a bit normal but it's that sort of false sense of is it isn't it I'm relaxing anyway because I'm having the strength I'm having a nice time yeah. well you know the alcohol didn't actually go in my body but I thought I protect, I thought I had but I didn't I was just high on life How about yeah that? I How mean about I I personally yeah. love the opportunity to have a what feels like a luxurious drink yes. that isn't just orange juice Coca-Cola. or water um, and so when yeah. I go to when I go to bars and they're, they're cocktail bars that offer genuinely ingenuitive mm. alcohol-free cocktails that maybe do use alcohol-free gin for example I yeah. love that I think that's so that makes me feel really excited and like I, I get to have a treat as well yeah. it's different isn't it and it's yeah a little bit, bit, bit of an experience in itself that you're tasting something new that's been made for you yeah it's nice right like a decent yeah. coffee a decent mocktail what's the difference it's all good exactly exactly it's just a total treat and uh, yeah yeah, um, uh, absolutely. And it's interesting, we were talking at the beginning about um, the kind of public perception of what a holiday is and um, how so many people, a holiday is an opportunity to drink more than they usually would. You go to the airport at any time in the morning from sort of 1am p- 1 onwards and there'll be people drinking pints and going, well, like, you know, the time zones don't exist in an airport. Um, yeah. And I was looking through some of your, uh, some of the media that you've had since you launched We Love Lucid. And one of the, the headlines that really stands out for me is the Guardian headline, which is no icy lager, no sundowns. Could you handle a sober holiday? <gasps> um, which <laughs> I just think is so, uh, it's just so outrageous. It's just so, well, it's just so the media, isn't it? But um Let's talk about the UK's obsession with alcohol, um, obviously within the context of travel, but on a wider level, why do you think that the British people are so focused in every single thing that's so-called fun has to always revolve around alcohol? It's a really good question and something I've thought about quite a lot. And um, there's a few different things it could it could be part of. I think essentially a lot of these things come down to companies that have a lot of money and marketing over the years. Um, there's a huge culture, isn't there? It's just a set of behaviours that people have now that have been ingrained. Um, it maybe wasn't always like that. Uh, I also think the weather has something to do with it. The countries that are generally more northern, I mean, check out Finland, check out Scandinavia, these countries, there tends tends to be more of a a drinking culture than if you go a little bit further south. I mean, people might be listening and thinking, well, actually, you know, a country that's nice and sunny and whenever people drink a lot, yeah, that could be the case. But 
Um, yeah, it's a good question. I just I do think it's the marketing, how these companies market alcohol, the different prices, the different taxes and things like that definitely got something to do with it, the government policies, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just nah, everyone associates it with having a good time. And I mean, in Ireland, if you tell somebody well, I'm Irish, tell somebody you don't drink, they, you know, it's almost <laughs> like socially unacceptable. They think there's possibly something wrong with you. Are you actually mm-hmm. Irish? Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> definitely yeah, get yeah. definitely get that a lot. And I think, interestingly, working within the marketing industry myself, I, I've taken a really keen interest in how you know the product is ethanol, which is actually 100% poisonous. So it's like the product's product's product is fun and socialization and any occasion it's there for you and it has been infiltrated into every single part of the media every single I mean like you get it you're a new mum Lauren it's like you get it as a new mum the cards that you will get is like Jin's mum's little helper (laughs) and it's like everywhere you go this this in your face kind of of you know, if you're having a bad time, it's here. If you're having a great time, it's here. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just so refreshing to to look at that in a different way of like all of these things are actually fun just as they are. Mm-hmm. Travel yeah. is so fun and expansive just as it is. And there is no need for anything to add to that in the in the way of alcohol, which it seems like you're you're doing so well with We Love Lucid. Yeah, marketing is such a, it's got a lot to answer for. And what I'm so intrigued about with with We Love Lucid is your use of language. It blew me away when I first got to know you two years ago um, that you were using this real sort of free kind of slang. It was fresh. It was new. It really caught my interest as an addict because I liked this fresh approach, this kind of booze free, this kind of nonchalant kind of I'm doing this and it's it's kind of easy and it's fun. More importantly, it's fun. So tell me about your decision to use certain types of words and language in your marketing because it's really powerful for me. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point, Annie. When I was living in South Korea, toying with the idea of maybe quitting, I looked up something online and I, I can't remember what the website was. Uh, and it talked about lucid being, it used this mm. word lucid for bringing up being alcohol free. And this girl, she, um, she liked this word because it was more of an uplifting word. And at that time, you know, there maybe weren't as many groups or chats like this going on. So I really, uh, I remember that word when I was creating the business. And when I first thought about We Love Listed, it was actually a friend from Peru that suggested the, the company idea. And my first thought was, oh my goodness, how can I, people are going to think it's lame. How can I make this not sound <laughs> lame holiday? Yeah. And it's because, I, you know, I had only started my journey sobriety as well. And I just didn't know how amazing how many amazing people are in this community either so it just developed over time and with the language that's partly to do with my personality which is um it's basically authentic to me I talk like that uh so being able to write copy for your your website and the way you talk is ideal but also I really wanted to give this uh uplifting invigorating vibe and people whenever they they thought about coming on one of our trips because that's really what they represent you know there's nothing wrong with going to sort of retreats and sober therapeutic kind of things but that's not what I'm doing people are coming on holiday they're having a blast of course when they get to know each other a little bit better they maybe share personal experiences but you know it is a kind it is an upbeat thing and that's really what I want people to associate with being sober because that's 
you know, so many of my experiences are like that. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, what can be problematic with certain use of certain words in this language that you're using? Um, for example, the language that I'm using or other? More in the language, generally the language of, of addiction. Um, I yeah. think what we've been talking about this a lot, haven't we? Obviously, the, the title of our podcast is Through the Lens of Recovery. And yeah. recovery means something so different for so many different people. And when you are trying to open up the community to all different types of people who might be just sober curious or, or not even there yet, it can be really problem- problematic when there's such some of the language could be so loaded mm. yes definitely so I know Annie since I, I I met you I know that you use the word recovery quite a lot and you're quite passionate about your own recovery and Very. yeah and um <laughs> for me you know it is such a personal thing and maybe if it was just a personal thing and it wasn't me trying to reach out to a, a wider audience um then I, I would I wouldn't care so much about it. But if I were to use, for example, words like recovery and addiction on with my trips, um, a lot of people who maybe weren't in the same situation as us or weren't, you know, incinerating the candle at both ends, they would possibly be put off immediately by those kind of words. So that's why I am very careful about it. I didn't even use the word sober for about Mm. a year on anything on any of my marketing or anything like that I do now because I kind of I think it's being reframed and people are understanding sobriety is not such a a loaded negative in a negative way um it is a trend it's definitely a a trend which is a real positive and that's where the language is really helping by us using it in a different way and I think the first thing that I like I said earlier attracted me to your business was being in recovery myself seeing a fresher approach to it which is what you're doing you're you're changing the tune of this and you're being noticed in like the New York Times and all around the world for your work and it's really admirable and I think that passion from your side shows just as my passion for for what I do in the recovery circles but I like to step out of the recovery circles and embrace these different types of community not projects because yours isn't a project it's a luxury to go on holiday soberly and you're, you're making it safe for people and that's what I try and do with the film and photography I, I, I try and make it safe for students to come and learn something that otherwise would be shut off to them yeah. So what you've done is opened up something. I don't believe there's another travel company, sober travel company in the UK or in the world. Is there competition well, there, out there? You, there's a few things going on. There's a retreat kind of things. What, what yeah. I'm doing is a little bit different because it is like a, an activity holiday, people going away and, you know, doing different things, uh, not staying in one particular place. Um, there are a few things here and there, but we're the, the first one in the UK, which is a great position too. Woo-hoo. Yeah. yeah congratulations that is huge it is huge what you're doing and yeah. I think it, it there really seems like we spoke earlier about um a better life guy and we've got some incredible guests coming on this podcast who are quite uh, active within the sober community in the UK and there really does seem to be this kind of it feels like a it feels like a combination between a revolution and a rebellion and like a really kind of like grassroots shaking this shit up that I just I love that because when I first started in my journey with sobriety interestingly similar to you I was living in China as a teacher and um and sort of realized that actually I was getting myself into dangerous situations through blackouts really similar Mm. um it felt like 
not drinking felt like the end of everything. It felt like the end of social life. Social life. I thought I'll never get a boyfriend because who will love me if I like? <laughs> Do you know, like literally that kind of extremes of thinking because it was so unusual at that time. Fast forward ten years, and so much, so much more is is out there, and and so much, so many more people are so called sort of sober curious. And you've got yeah. I know. And, <laughs> and he's drinking less as a result. Of my, oh, so wow. Infiltrating the North with yeah. my... Uh, yeah, that's how it's done. Um, but yeah, so like, what's what's your kind of experience with that? Like, how how is the community? It, it sounds like you're doing a lot of collaborations with people within the community for, for your holidays as well. How has that made an impact? Yeah, so first of all, I like what you said there about the, the revolution, the rebellious side of things, because... The, in my opinion, it is the ultimate act of rebellion, you know, deciding not to drink because that is just what, you know, so many people do. And I I love being part of that community. I was just saying to my mom yesterday, what better community to be part of than one where people are, you know, becoming better versions of themselves yes. every day. And on, yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just you see people getting into, you know, someone will stop drinking, then you'll see them start maybe a business or something that they've been wanting to get into for yeah. Hey. It's, it's such a what's the word? Yeah, it's just such a great space to be part of. But um you're talking about, you know, being the community and with the influencers and things like that. I think it's just really reaching more of a widespread audience, like you said. Mm. And like Matt, I know he's got something like 20,000 something followers. And so there's just so many people now that are interested the word before. Um, you did ask me, you, you did touch on something slightly before that. And I can't remember what it was. No, that's okay. I, I, I actually, I was wanted to actually ask you that, you know, when people do come into this and they want to try the sober life and they do fearlessly start something outrageous, like a travel company, sober. Yeah like uh like horizon a film a socially minded film business that supports yeah. people in recovery why not you know yeah. I, I came from a place where I had jobs and they were given to me and I was employed and things like that and it didn't work for me I cracked I failed I ended up street homeless now fearlessly going I, I could, I've got nothing to lose mm. so I'm yeah. gonna go out there and I'm gonna start this business I've got nothing to lose it's fearlessness yeah. so I think that's what we all have in common is this kind of rebellious kind of we're gonna live differently we're gonna stand differently yeah. and do you know what the best part is we're all lucid in that in that journey yeah. and we are all making much more sense than we've ever done before yeah but we don't need that crutch we don't need yeah. that helping hand that medicine drip fed to us throughout the day night 24 yeah. 7 Mm, yeah when they've done that it did us no favors right you know i i just love i'd love to interject there, there there's a guy that i follow um mishka kalabi his name is he's a musician and a comedian and he, he wrote something once he, he's a writer he wrote uh, if you ever have the chance to uh, experience a rock bottom and i mm. love that because yeah. sometimes i actually think it's harder for the people who who, who haven't really been there and they're just trying yeah. to you know, it, it, it is harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for it. whenever you do get to that stage, you propel up in a, it's a steeper incline. And like you said, Annie, you know, you, you don't have fear. And once you get through something like that, you really you think, well, I can do that. What else can I do? Yeah. And, uh, next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, and it gives such a lot more, um, such a lot more <laughs> empathy as well for those with it because it is a community, and that's so important in this journey. Um, so, with that in mind, there will be people who are listening to this who are, are only kind of just starting to explore their relationship with alcohol, and who maybe like me, and and I think like a lot of us at the beginning of their journey are just like well what's life without this what do we do what am I yeah what, am what, I gonna do? what are people gonna think of me <laughs> um so that then brings in this kind of whole idea of like conscious drinking or mindful drinking which I know quite mm. a few people are sort of trying on and seeing how that works for them what does that mean to you have you seen people who come on your holidays who are practicing that okay so you're referring to people who decide to continue drinking but you can control it as opposed yeah, to yeah like conscious conscious consumption yeah. I have my own opinions on on how that works but there mm. are a lot of people who are trying that on and and I'm guessing they would probably be the sort of people who might come along to some of your holidays yeah. as well mm. yeah well on the trips we have a few people that are taking breaks mm. um and you know maybe at a later point they decide to continue drinking and if that works for them um you know, generally it's down to, I think, how much energy goes in. It, it, the amount of energy goes into trying to moderate for me is just not worth, and the implications mm. of that goes wrong, you know, it's just not worth the hassle. <laughs> it's like, yeah. do or don't. So get yeah. off the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is exhausting. It for yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, and sort of with that then, um, taking a break I we, yeah. we've just we're in we're just oh my gosh we're in March now but uh January dry January happens every year I, I like what do you think about that of having this sort of a lot of people I know have had this intense I'm not drinking and then first of February rolls around and it's mm. like an opportunity to get absolutely shit-faced what, yeah. what do you think about that taking a break how, how does that show up for you yeah I know what you mean. So they'll do it and they'll have a massive blowout. Um, for the, you know, I really have to try and get my head around and put myself in people's shoes because my experience was so different. I, you know, just went full blast at it and didn't want to know anything about it afterwards. And so, yeah, I suppose it can be a little bit problematic, can't it? Because people know they're doing it for a month and that's it. And they plan to drink after and they'll make a big deal out of the party they'll have after. But at the same time, there's bound to be quite a lot of people that when they do it, they really reap the benefits of going sober and they will continue it. I mean, mm. I don't know what the statistics are, how many people do that. It'd be good to, for maybe uh, Club Stoner, they do really good surveys they can really yeah. find that out yeah but isn't it interesting I mean um that people get to the dry January and they'll get a week in and they really do realize how they can't do it mm. and this is for me a bit of a, a warning sign you know if anybody does try dry January just you know why don't why don't you try just a few days at home without the big pizzazz around it the big the big shout out on social media about what you're about to do that's so much yeah. pressure why don't you have a weekend where you don't or a few yeah. days during the week mm -hmm. where you don't and then yeah. find out how that sits with you and see if you can extend it it's like teaching a dog to sit and stay you <laughs> extend it by a few seconds each time extend it by a day an hour or two or something yeah. like that that isn't quite so intense because everyone that falls into this every sort of night of the week I'll have a couple of drinks because that's how I relax 
yeah and then the weekend comes so you up it because it's the weekend mm-hmm. you know yeah. what's next it's like it's christmas it's it's, ev- it's everything everything all the time so yeah, yeah i think it's that thing of perhaps people should, should just try at home themselves you know try a hope sober holiday with, with, with we love lucid and yeah. try this experience it's an experience right that's what you're offering yeah, exactly. Just give it a go. And I think you're right. You know, trying it on your own and even a weekend. I mean, that's how I started out. I just said, right, I'm going to, I was going away uh, to an island and see of Japan. And I said, I'm just not going to drink on that weekend. How did it um, go? I didn't drink and it was amazing. It was a whole <laughs> new sort of side of travel that I never didn't even know existed and right. um, with no hangovers and so much more clarity and mm. uh yeah that was just the beginning of of that for me I loved it and just like you said extend it and mm. the problem is you know yourselves whenever we've been there at the beginning you tend to just project in the future oh my goodness and then mm-hmm. you think oh such and such parties coming up what are we going to do Christmas coming up what are we going to do panic yeah and that's what puts people off the most you you really have to it is you can be a bit disciplined with your thoughts and just try and focus on the day ahead the week ahead for some people even the next few hours who knows but yeah, yeah. I mean there's that immediate panic of how am I going to handle this but it's also a bit of a panic around what other people are going to make of you if you don't yeah. and those people who are going to try and kind of force that drink on you mm. oh go on oh why not why not here's one why don't you have this one have a sip of mine yeah. all this pressure how do you turn that down politely how would you sort of suggest to some of your people coming onto your experiences you know they're a bit worried that someone might you know offer them a drink or something how, how would you go about that personally if someone offered you something in those early days that you didn't want to have yeah uh, in the early days personally if I knew that it was going to be a situation that might uh stop me going down this journey or you know finish this journey one totally and if it might make me drink basically then I would maybe avoid that situation altogether and okay. um, I would definitely look for events and things that are going on with other sober people it's so important if you continue if you make the decision to stop drinking and you continue doing exactly what you're doing before I mean you're creating a you're just making life really difficult for yourself and you can you know maybe continue doing some things with some friends but add in those experiences with people who don't drink or people that drink a little less again I think this is harder for people that have not maybe hit a rock bottom whenever you've hit a rock bottom you have no choice but to change your friends and your environment you don't have a choice because if you don't do that you're going to be right right back where you were people who maybe didn't get down to that place they often continue going to the same places going down with the same people and that is harder Mm-hmm. Trap, yeah familiarity yeah. is a trap and I think that's the thing isn't it is it whether you're at home or whether you're at work that drive to work where I used to have a drink I mean don't tell the police I think they found out anyway but <laughs> you know that whole thing of the familiarity of it if you can break that cycle that mental yeah. kind of cycle behind it that's a real positive uh yeah. takeaway I think mm. definitely from this conversation yeah and be prepared I think mm. preparing for these things which leads us nicely on to what's next for we love lucid What's next for We Love Lucid? Good question. Well, for me, I would love it if we were known as the number one sober alcohol-free travel company around the world. I mean, I love to create trips everywhere. I've got lots of connections for my own travels and different sober connections around the world as well. 
Um, there, there are so many different directions that this could go in and different, different types of trips. But for now, we're focusing on the same kind of uh, activity holidays. I mean, most of the people that come along on our trips are, you know, in their sort of 30s and 40s, some, some a little bit older. And um, just creating fun, long-lasting connections. People come back on our trips again and again. Um, but yeah, for me personally, I, I just love anything to do with travel, anything to do with culture. Um, and a potential um, collaboration with Horizon or Edit Suite as a socially minded recovery centered, you know, business yes. doing business together with other recovery based or sober based or how else do you put it? Sort of, yeah, sober yeah. living, this lucid living. Let's not yeah. just stereotype it into recovery, but let's embrace and work with other marketing companies and, and f- photographic companies. And there was talks of working with yourself. So it's uh, it's yeah. embracing this community within business as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really up for any of these types of collaborations. And there's so many, so many different options out there and really cool things that we can do. Amazing. So just before we end, Lauren, I've got some rapid fire questions. Rum roll, please. Um, so as quickly as possible. Um, are you ready? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> She's not sure. Okay. So first question, what do you enjoy doing in your free time now that alcohol is no longer in the picture? Uh, learning languages. Woohoo! Awesome. Next. What's one piece of advice you'd give someone who's sober curious? Uh, sober, sober curious. Uh, go to events with sober curious and other sober people. Amazing. Finish this sentence. Addiction is? Uh, escaping. Finish this sentence. Recovery is? Uh, coming back to who you really are. Mm. What more can be done to raise awareness of substance use and misuse in this country? Uh, Podcasts like this, getting out there and showing people all the different nuances uh, that exist within the super sober community, all the different kind of things going on. Yes. Amazing. And finally, what do you, what would you tell your 18-year-old self um, that you wish you'd known at the beginning of your journey? Uh, sober journey or just in general well sober journey um i don't think there's anything that i can tell myself to stop me what you had to go on that you had to go on that journey right to get where you to where you are now perhaps yeah i would have probably said you'll come around don't worry yes I love it. I like it. Thank mm. you so, so much for your time, Lauren. It was really, really great yeah, to you. Yeah, had a blast. It's great to see you. And yeah. I wish you all the best with the, the coming out of the pandemic and this travel sort of industry. We'll be rooting for you and watching you and probably packing our bags. Yes, we're totally coming along. <laughs> we are totally. That's the next thing, isn't it? Yeah. So thank thanks you so you. much and all the yeah. best. Thanks very much. It's been brilliant to be part of this. Pleasure. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.